You're welcome to the future, Marty. Yeah, that's right. That's that. It's that day. It's back uh, to the future day. Let me just park my flying flying cars. I'm sitting in a pile of wires. <laughs> yeah, we haven't got rid of wires. <laughs> the future is a mess. It is. There is the the computers have come a lot farther than you'd think, but everything else has come less far. Uh, yesterday was upgrade day, hardware upgrade day. Oh yeah, <clears throat> new video card and an SSD. Uh, and what your Windows machine or something? Yeah, mm. my primary development machine. You know, it's uh, tax time is coming up, so you got to do the write offs. Got to do the write offs. I don't even know what a write off is. I don't know what it is. <laughs> we don't know what it is. See, in Mac world, you just buy a whole new computer. Nothing's upgradable. So, but you're right though. My upgraded computer is coming today, so we are on the same wavelength here. <laughs> there you go. At the 5K, I need all the pixels. Got to spend that cash. And I got Fideliper 5K. Rebecca got a new machine recently. New guy just got a new machine. And Eric got a 5K in the spring. So everybody's on new hardware. We spent the money this year and everybody's upgraded. Like I tweeted before, or maybe I then I tweeted to you, it pays to be liked by Ian Lundsman. <laughs> <laughs> I give out 5K retinas like Santa Claus gives out. Uh, you like Elvis Lego with sets. the caddies. <laughs> yeah. You just hand them out like cards. I'm like Oprah. With the BMWs. 5Ks for everybody. You get a 5K, you get a 5K. Uh, you got to have all the pixels. I'm, I'm so excited because, so you know, I actually, the other problem is, see, I, my eyes are so bad, right? So I, I use it pretty, the font pretty large. Mm-hmm. Not like crazy large, but not on the like regular resolution of this regular cinema display here. So, so I really see like every letter is pixelated and it makes me insane. So I'm hoping that this, uh, well, this natively will have a, it's not as big a resolution since it's doubled. So I think even at its default, it'll be, uh, it'll probably be all right. Or I might kick it up one notch, but it should, should knock out the, uh, the pixelation. just making me insane. I haven't gotten the 4k monitors yet. Cause I, I, I thought I read somewhere that it's bad for gaming. Like it's laggy or something, which I yeah. guess makes sense. But, um, well, I think probably the video cards need more work, right? Well, you are pushing out more pixels, I guess, but it, I don't know. There's something like the monitors are just not as optimized for gaming or something. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. It doesn't matter because I have like this 30 inch behemoth and it's flanked by like 227. So I, I have enough stuff here. <laughs> so now, when you do your gaming, though, now see because I was complaining about this on Twitter last week when I played a game for like five minutes and I was on like a. <laughs> 50 inch television and it's too like it's like just too much you know you like can't see it all or something so then i was like well, maybe i need a bigger television but then maybe i need a smaller television no That's what came i don't know into. i i use the one of those smart tvs i think it's like a 40 40 inch okay. but it is close to me it's like four feet away from me or something oh wow so that's, so you no, that's that see this is like 15 feet away from me or um, 12 feet away so yeah i don't know so you like the bigger than you're saying you want to be enveloped no, I mean I I, repl- I put a I put the TV on my desk when I play the game, so in, uh, in front of my monitor. So just like I'm almost up close to it as I am with my monitor, but it's practically the same size as the monitor, so that's gonna make a difference. You actually physically move your television? It's like seven pounds. It's one of these smart TVs that has no hardware. It's like a shell with a chip in it. <laughs> um, I don't I, like I, I don't like like moving to a separate like my workstation is my workstation, and right. I, I do everything here, and then that's I go where to you sleep. Live. That's right. 
right, I hear you. Put me in one of those. We're in the future. I should be in one of those floating hover chairs with everything like inside of my skull with wires coming out. I'm almost there with the wires. You, we gotta get on the, uh, you know, whatever that Facebook thing is. The, you know, the virtual reality. The Oculus thing we talked about a hundred yeah. times. <laughs> yeah, we've talked. About, I, I mean, you, but you're off of that now. You haven't played with it. Uh, no, I still have the DK2. I'm waiting for the uh, consumer release. But you don't use it. I play with it once in a while. I mean, there isn't like that much stuff. Yeah. You kind of go through the best anywhere. demos. You don't. Uh, nah, it's not. It's not ready for prime time. You can just tell it's not ready. I'm not ready to have that conversation. I think it's, it, it's going to face some hardships getting uh, adapt adopted by like the general yeah. consumer base. I don't think it's going it's to too foreign. Yeah, you can't. People don't even like wear microphones and stuff for the stuff they already support on these things. That's only just started to kind of really happen. It seems like more because of the recording and stuff. Yeah, I think it's going to have it's going to have trouble. Okay. It's going to have a tough time. You want that, like, you want it to be, like, where it projects just out into the open. Like, you don't want to wear this thing on your head, you know? You want it to just be virtual reality, like like Star Trek style. You just want to be enveloped in it, but you don't want to have to wear a bunch of gear to do it. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, well, that's far. Yeah. That way. Like, now, we were asked to not talk about gaming so much. We're opening with Yeah, you. I don't see that happening. <laughs> we, this is how we take your feedback. We open <laughs> with gaming. Mike Jones, a friend of the show and uh, one of the admins on the forums, um, asked um, how we're – he asked a, a valid question and then told me not to talk about games, which I'm just going to ignore. <laughs> well, do the valid question. Right? Don't do the valid question yet. Okay. Don't talk about um, it. All right, we have to. The other other request is the the Star Wars trailer. Hold on, let me play. Can you hear this? I did not make this request. This this is uh, this is uh, Dave trolling me. Can you hear it? I could hear it. <laughs> I like this opening music, actually. All right, that's not this hard. is terrible. You have it ready to go and queued up and everything I just right like, here. to motivate yourself throughout the day. You just play it. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say now. Now you said you actually watched it though. I mean, how could you not? It's playing on auto in every like third tweet. <laughs> I, I didn't like it. I have to say, I, I watched the uh, I watched the um, actors' responses to them watching themselves. Oh, see, I didn't even go that far with it. I told you, I like the meta stuff. I like the <laughs> wiki true. stuff behind the thing. So what did they what did they think about themselves? <laughs> I guess they liked that they're you know they're young <laughs> actors. They don't look like. I mean, I don't know who they are. Yeah, but they don't look like they're like actors from the '90s that I know. It's not Tom Hanks. <laughs> it's not Tom Hanks. I mean, it's good. You know, it seems fine. But the other ones were so great, especially that uh, that second one was the best trailer I think I've ever seen. So uh, this one just wasn't quite up to. Wasn't quite. Up, or maybe so, it was the first one. Whichever one. Whichever one had the starship in the desert. That one was the best thing I've ever seen. That was like everything you wanted in a Star Wars trailer. Who's the mini me Vader? Yeah, I don't know. He could be annoying. I think he, well, I mean, he, I think he's the bad guy. You know, I don't know. Well, but maybe he, he won't be. Is he somebody that I'm supposed to know? No, okay. I don't think so. Well, that, my son has this, we're fighting about this. He, he insists that it's this, uh, oh, geez, I don't mean, know, Raven, Darth Raven, or some guy from the Old Republic. I don't know. But yeah, you watch the original movies in the 70s, like six characters. And yeah. then 30 years later, all the books in the, it's like, it's like a, a cast of like hundreds. Exactly. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping they go back. It seems like from the trailers that they've done that okay. Like the cast isn't too crazy in size. Like I think there's a lot of ancillaries. Like in the real Star Wars 2 with bounty hunters and people, people walking around. Like you want to have the universe fleshed out, but you also want to just have the couple key people to focus on. 
I do like that they didn't show us Luke Skywalker. I think that was smart. I think keeping him secret is important. You think that's just going to be for the people who go to the movie? And they're just going to show it in the movie? Yeah, I think it's just going to be for the movie. I don't think they'll show him in a trailer. I think that's smart. I mean, I thought they would, but I'm glad they haven't. Because I think that's, you know, they've shown Han Solo and they've shown Leia. I think you got to keep one of them. And he's the logical one, I think. So I like that they've held him back. And it also gives me some hope that he has a more interesting part. But there's a, <clears throat> I don't know, you read Dune, you read Dune, the first, yeah, the I first don't know how many. Four, I four. Um, You know how the first Dune is about uh, Muad'Dib and uh, uh, what's his name? What's Muad'Dib's real name? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I'm totally. I mean, I can't remember. People uh, are going to yell at me on Twitter over this. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know the actor's name is like Alec something but i've never uh, seen the movie oh paul traded these paul yeah so it was all about him right and then the best part about the dune series is like it's, it's a generational thing so like the second one is all about his son Later. i think second or third yeah uh so in the movies in in the 2000 version not like the 70 not the 80s version yeah. um the miniseries just covered the first and second books i think or the second and third books mm-hmm. um so it's all about his son and then you kind of think about, well, where's like Paul Atreides? Like he left, you know, he disappeared after the first sort of first round of this. Yeah, he's story, done right? after the first book. But then he does reappear for like a cameo for like two seconds. Yeah. And the best part about that, that, that part of the story and about that part of the series is like that thing, which was the core central, most important character that was in every scene is now sort of like replaced by a new generation. And he's just like an afterthought, like he's still there, but he's like an after, he's like a 15 second shot of him being there. Right. But his son now rules the scene. You know, there's something lovely about that. I love it. And um, I don't know why I'm going with this. There's something about Star Wars before this that related to this. Well, it is because I think that's where they're going with this, right? So I think in the Star, I like that because it adds flavor. You know, you want to have that connection with the with the previous, and you want to, but and you want them in there. But at the same time, if it's just like this, maybe this is what I don't like about Star Trek. We're getting deep here because you know it's always about Kirk. They're all always about Kirk. And this guy's like he's it's just forever with the Kirk and the Spock <laughs> and the thing. Like it, it never changes, right? And so yeah, here we could have this evol- like in Star Wars you have the evolution of Luke from just guy in the desert to you know, Jedi. And then at the same time you have Darth Vader and his kind of downfall and then redemption. And then these new ones have the opportunity, yeah, to make that connection and Luke could have a key role and Darth Vader even seems to have somewhat of a part to play. But then it's going to be these new characters, which obviously the whole thing hinges on if these new characters are interesting. Where like Leto and Dune is very interesting, so that works. But I actually, we'll I actually was thinking about this yesterday. I don't want to get too much into Star Wars, Star Trek thing, but I actually thought about it yesterday. Why I don't like Star Wars so much as compared to Star Trek, and I thought it was the opposite. It was because Star Wars is all about the pew pew pew, and I kind of just want character exploration. But see, I think Star Wars has tons of, across the three main films, it's like, it's all about the characters. I didn't think it had any. Oh, you're crazy. Darth Vader and his, like, the whole, his whole thing. Luke's story is so, not So as maybe you had but... to watch the three follow up movies to follow the Darth Vader thing. No, but no, it wasn't forget, in the original. No, no, no. I would never talk about those movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not the prequels. Nothing to do with the prequels. There's nothing in the, in the first three films that, like, aside from, like, you know, I'm your father bullshit that, really explored like there's like fan art that explored darth vader better than the movies explored darth vader oh i disagree 
Darth Vader, first of all, the, the huge twist that he's the father, which is an amazing twist, right? One of the all-time classic twists in any movie. Maybe for the 70s. And then his redemption at the end and his, his struggle with what's he going to do in that moment. He has a moment to decide. Then obviously Lucas ruined it by adding him saying, no, but <laughs> forgetting that part. Anyway, I don't want to talk about Star Wars. It's annoying. Or Star Love the Star Wars. Um, what are we talking about? What's up with user escape? It's crazy busy. Crazy. You launched you launch the cloud Is, yet? Launched the cloud? Yeah, you we talked about the cloud. Your own personal cloud. Well, we talked about the cloud. Cloud's going well. And then we like send out an email. So we have like other customers removing the cloud. And then we have some things we need to tweak with the cloud. It's never ending really. So now I've sassified myself, which is not good in some ways. But it is good. The customers like it. So that's what's important. I do it for the customers. But uh, and the way we built it, it's not as stressful as uh, a, a pure SaaS, but still. No, this Lots is just the, the mechanics of this is this is you hosting individual separate HealthSpot installations for customers, right? That, in terms of how it works? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. it's kind of, yeah. Everybody's got their own instance, like of a virtual machine. And uh, there is a central database server, but everybody still has their own database instances on that. Mm-hmm. And it's all, you know, there's all kinds of auto failover, auto magical things that help alleviate some of the stress that Amazon does does well. But, uh, you know, there's still a lot of little things and edge things and removing people who are on premise and now they're coming to the cloud and they have, you know, weird customized things. So uh, there's a lot of manual labor involved in converting those and... Uh, and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's good. I mean, we have it priced, so we don't have to have too many people on the cloud for it to at least pay for itself, which will be good once we get to that point. And then should be a fairly profitable endeavor. It is interesting to have a SaaS app where, you know, there's this on-premise version, and then you have the SaaSified version of that. The other thing that would be an awesome business, but I just don't have the strength for it, is this platform we built for HealthSpot Cloud you know, with a little bit of work, it could be essentially a more generic, you know, PHP specific, application specific cloud platform for existing PHP apps that want to be SASified, but mm -hmm. where somebody doesn't want to do all the stuff we've had to do to do that. Um, and there are, you know, I think the thing that would be different from just there's lots of obviously hosting services you can just use AWS and spin things up programmatically but it's with getting the upgrades and doing all that piece of it because there's tons of services that are like yeah we'll throw your app up here sure it's easy but then the, then your app just stays at version whatever it was when it was installed and there's no way to manage the upgrades of things and all that so that's the part we've built that I think would be kind of cool for other PHP apps but that would be like a whole big separate business that I just can't get into this is like a WP Engine or something for a more generic. Yeah, exactly. App. Exactly. It would be WP Engine for just other PHP apps. And mm -hmm. where, you know, maybe, obviously it would be more for smaller companies, not that we're big, but where, you know, they're not going to be able to take on building this all out. And so, you know, we'd build it out and make a specific one for that app, like a, you know, a specific version of the cloud platform and have some kind of revenue share or whatever. 
I think it would work. And I, I mean, I've talked to a lot of people at PHP apps who aren't still aren't don't have a hosted version because it's just not that easy to do. It's not you know you sassifying your apps like extremely hard, and you may not want to do that anyway to make it as a pure SaaS. And building your own cloud hosting stuff, you know, I mean, it took us like a year basically to do it. So, I mean, there's app work that has to go into it too because the app generally will have to be modified to do some things differently, like to be installable programmatically, which a lot of them aren't because there's like a thing that expects you to be in a browser and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, there's still, you know, there would be, it would be a, a kind of, set up where you'd have to have custom deals. It wouldn't be like you sign up. It would be that you'd make a deal with a certain software company and you'd work through that whole process and, and everything. But uh, You've given this thought. I have given a thought. I have given a thought. Another Userscape product. Well, maybe if everything, ever, if something goes south, it could be, it's our backup product plan. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. But uh, yeah. yeah, I've just been working on uh, uh, Quantic stuff. Yeah. It's come along uh, a lot, so it's really good now. It's quite useful. I know. Should we talk about what it is? I don't know. I just, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to skip Mike's question because it kind of leads into it. You know, Quantic is a product for our joint company that we started, for those who haven't been following. So we have our individual companies, and Quantic Insights is a joint um, corporation that we founded together. Um, So Mike asked... um, uh, how we're going to balance that, like the individual corporations with the, with the joint one. And, uh, I think it's a very, like, the answer is different for you and for right. me. <laughs> um, uh, for, for me, because I'm coming off of, uh, basically two, three years of nothing but consulting, I'm doing Quantic full time. Um, uh, <clears throat> for my part, which is basically the development of the first app. And then once that's done, um, Ian, We'll answer the second part, his perspective of this question, but then I'm moving on to the Antair products while Ian is doing his thing with Quantic, and then I'll dip in to Quantic as, as needed, and um, we'll see how that goes. And it's pro- that's probably how it's going to be as long as whatever we're building happens to like benefit from like my input more at first if it's like coding on the desktop and c++ yeah. type of thing it'll probably be me full-time but if it's something like uh the website stuff or the billing stuff or whatever then ian will take time out of user escape and he'll go into that more uh, so i don't know what's your uh, balance yeah, no, strategy that's pretty much it. i mean i think uh obviously on my end user escape is a ton of work and so i'm you know, fully focused on that. But at the same time, this is going to be, uh, you know, once we have it built, then I'll definitely be taking some time to set up the marketing site. Jamie's also going to be helping me with, with, uh, with that end of it too. So it's not all on me to, to do all that piece of it and, uh, get, you know, work on some of the marketing angles of it and, uh, and then go from there and see what happens. Like if it, you know, starts to build up some traction and, you know, it would need, uh, it might need more attention, in which case, you know, we might have to hire someone or something like that. But I think that's kind of far ahead for phase one of it is, you know, it's an interesting idea we had and we're building it out and we're kind of seeing if it works. Um, I get, I think you could talk about the app. It's pretty far along in its development now. I'm just putting in sort of the custom UI. Yeah, my wife did the custom UI for this one, just like she did for every Ontario product. Yep. So I'm doing that. And, you know, it's, it's far enough that, 
it's going to be released because it's functionally it yeah yeah uh all right so just to finish up my piece of it though um oh man now you now I sorry to, i was going yeah, somewhere yeah, J- J- jamie's gonna help as well <laughs> yeah no, jamie's gonna help on that end of it um oh the other thing is just that like the other thing you know, so there's multiple parts to this too, right? Because it's Quantix also kind of the shell just for stuff we may do in general. So we have this app that's, you know, not a gigantic app. It's a cool little idea for an app. We have the podcast, which now we've been doing sponsors. So, you know, before that was kind of clunky because there was nowhere to put sponsorship money. So we had to, like, I had to take it and I'm 10.99ing you and it's like weird. So this way... You know, it's a place for that kind of stuff to go. So it's kind of a shell organization for stuff we may do now and in the future is kind of my overview of it in general as well. Um, and, and uh, you know, and there's things we pay for right now that don't come out of anywhere in particular. So <laughs> or that I'm just paying for sometimes and things. So, you know, if we can, we have a bank account that's us together, then, you know, if we, we need to buy something or whatever that that is easier. So it's just easier to have an, the organization in general um, in place for the stuff we work on together. And then, uh, you know, and then individual apps or things, we'll, we'll see how they go and uh, what, what we want to do. But I think it's good to, you know, have a different creative outlet also, because uh, this is one of the things to go deeper on it here, right? Is when you've done something. So, so this is a good segue or kind of companion to this, that, Next week will be 10 years since HelpSpot was released for sale. Mm-hmm. So that's a long time. I've been working on this, you know, one product and everything, and there's still so much to do with it. And I've been in the midst of lots of planning stuff for basically the next 10 years and what we want to do kind of longer term even. But uh, but still, it's good to just, I think the nature of developers in general is that we're creative and have other ideas and have things we want to explore. And uh, a big mistake I made was doing that, having Snappy. Like that was part of the impetus of Snappy was, well, it'll give us another product to kind of explore and uh, play with different interface ideas on and play with different concepts. And doing that in Userscape was not a good idea because it was just too, it just was too distracting, right? So it distracted us from HelpSpot too much. Uh, And so you know, to have another place where, hey, if we, if I have an idea and we kick it around and it sounds interesting or obviously the reverse, if you have an idea, but um, from my, from my end of it, it's nice to have another spot with somebody else who's not mixed into the help spot world so that those worlds are not colliding um, so that we can, you know, have a place to try just different ideas and do different things without it steering the userscape ship off the road because that's you know still going to be you know for me definitely the top priority um but it's nice to have just a place to to do other things and try different stuff and uh experiment so so i kind of look at it as you know a couple couple different really positives from my end is just the place to be creative and explore that's outside of the the main mothership um a place for us to just be organized and the things we already do, like the podcast and the discussion boards and, uh, and those things. And then, you know, the apps that come out of it. So we'll see. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty excited about this first app. I think it's the perfect scope for as much time as, 
you know, we have, and I have definitely, and, and you too, because you have all, you know, all your other apps that, uh, that could use attention. So I think it's been good scope wise. We had talked about bigger things and I think it was good that we went with something a little bit more bite-sized and, uh, and I don't know, uh, did you, let's, let's talk about the app, I guess. But before we talk about the app, we should do our sponsor. We should. Go ahead. All right. So this week, again, we're sponsored by Linode. Linode. friends at Linode. 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 <laughs> I don't know. I still don't know. Linode. See, I think it's Linode. Okay. What did I say? Linode? I don't know. <laughs> we'll get it right by the end of their run here. So this is, uh, I don't know, is their second week or third week? Is it's their third, second? I think. Is it the third? All right. Maybe second. I don't, I don't know second. what I'm doing. Don't ask. We're still getting this all figured out on the uh, the sponsoring, reading the sponsor reads. But Linode's easy because we just use them and we love them. So it's simple. Um, QI will have a Linode server here shortly uh, when we we launch the site. And QI is Quantic Insights. We do QI like we, we say it like other people know what the hell he talks about. <laughs> <laughs> we got a nice little logo that uh, the Fixel guys made, which is very nice. Um, so that'll be up there. Uh, that's, uh, that's up on the current site, the kind of placeholder site. So you should check that out. We'll, we'll link to that. But stop distracting me from my Linode read. <laughs> Linode uh, is awesome. Servers starting at 10 bucks a month, all SSD. Um, they're you know, super fast. It, it, all of our stuff is actually on the slightly older Zen infrastructure, but now they've moved to KVM for you uh, kind of architecture people out there. Anyway, the point is it's like 300 times faster than it already was, which is completely insane. Um, you know, uptime has always been fantastic for us. We've been on them for years. Uh, you know, and they've actually grown a ton since we've been on them too. I think when we started using them forever ago, it was like two or three data, data centers. Now they have eight data centers. Um, you know, obviously a lot of people on Bootstrap forums use Linode uh, already. Um, so definitely check them out. $10 a month for the base server. It's a one gig server. So it runs just about, uh, you know, anything in terms of your kind of bootstrapping apps you're getting started with or throw a couple of them together as we do for a few things and uh, you know, with a node balancer. So you can have a nice little load balance set up for 40 bucks a month, basically. Or maybe it's 50. Uh, but anyway, really affordable. And you get $10 off your first month. So it could pay for the entire server if you uh, use the bootstrapped promo code. Uh, you can get that by just going to linode.com slash bootstrappedfm. So that's linode.com slash bootstrappedfm. And we will, uh, of course, have that in the show notes. And our big thanks to them for sponsoring this season again, second time sponsors. And thanks a lot to Linode. Yeah, thanks, guys. And my favorite part, super easy backups and like snapshot points yes. and stuff. Just throw away the entire machine and bring it right back up from where it was like two days ago. It's just great. Yep, yep, that saved our butts once um, already. And full, full root access is another thing I don't think I mentioned last week that I wanted to get in. So you have full access. Uh, you know, they're not overcrowded servers, which is another thing you hit on some of these uh, hosting services where you're on there with a, you know a billion other accounts. You get dedicated resources. So it's really great. Love it. Uh, can't really recommend it highly enough. So thanks to them for sponsoring and, and for the great service. Yeah, thanks. Um, I also wanted to mention Mike, uh, who asked uh, that question about us balancing the 
uh, companies. Mm-hmm. Um, he runs uh, Labs that log, which is like a video log series on YouTube mm. for his own company. And um, I love sort of like behind the scenes and what he does on a daily basis. I love the production values of that series. Like he sets everything to music and you could see like the places where he lives and yeah. and works and you get like behind the scenes. I love that stuff. We'll link to it in the show notes also. It's like, like a great little like a weekly treat you can go and watch like a little music video almost of like <laughs> what he does and how he runs his company and he's also he's also like a consultancy and with a product that's uh, like a that he's trying to build up uh, on the side so i love it yeah we'll he's got it. like a bunch of different companies too i don't know if they're i think they're they're different companies definitely different kind of summer product and they also do consulting so a lot of different things going on there Awesome stuff. Um, Curse of the entrepreneur. You're always like got things you're thinking about doing, you know? Oh, yeah. I know that. <laughs> and 30 products in 10 years. Um, oh, we were talking about this uh, last show and I was looking for the – I was <laughs> I made a note of this, uh, just a short segue. Um, I, look, I was looking for a graphics card, uh, the new graphics card that was part of the upgrade day yesterday. And I'm on Amazon. And, you know, you can't help it. You look at the at the stars because that's how you right. skim, right? You have to look at the reviews and the stars. And uh, so, so I knew this card was like a good card because that's like this is the card to get like now, right? Yeah. And I'm looking at it and it's like four stars out of five. And it's like a clear one star missing and out of like not that many <laughs> uh, reviews there. Like there's something, you know? Something's off. And I'm looking everywhere else and everywhere else it's like five stars and five stars here and five stars there. But like I had credit on Amazon and I just wanted to buy it from Amazon because it would have been like essentially free because it's like a credit card linked cashback thing. Um, and I wanted to get an Amazon. Like, why is, is this like because cause there, there have been times when, like, we've researched stuff on Amazon and it's, like, sold by a third party and it's, like, some fake bullshit thing that's not right. the real thing. Uh, so I'm like, why is this different? Why is this different? So I went <clears throat> and I looked at – you could sort by, like, top negative review or something like that down there at the Amazon – bottom of the Amazon page. Right. And the review is, like, great card, UPS guy, left the box in the rain, one star. <laughs> <laughs> great. Thanks. Those reviews – uh, yeah, we, there is totally money to be made in a good review system thing. I don't know. You could visit Fiverr.com, and for five bucks, there's pages and pages of people who will review anything for you. Really? For five for five dollars, they'll give you all the stars you want. Oh my goodness! I'm sure. I mean, that's always a known thing. It's all like that. Stupid purchase reviews and. The internet's a horrible place, which is what it comes down to, I guess. Stupid That's internet. The main problem. It's the main problem is the internet. <sighs> All I want to know is trustworthy Amazon reviews. Let's see. That's why you have to go with stuff that's got like thousands of reviews. But even then, I guess it could be fake. This depends if it's a competitive sort of thing. And you got to read through them and see which ones have a lot of details that you know they'd only get if they actually used it. It's all horrible. Um. Uh, another little segue that I thought you'd appreciate because it has to do with pricing. It's about a game. Sorry, Mike. Yes. But it's not about gaming, but it's about <laughs> pricing. Um, but I thought it would be interesting. So I haven't played this yet, but it's one of the games that I'm top top of my list that I have to get to. It's the latest Metal Gear Solid game, um, Phantom Pain. Mm. So this is a $60 game, so regular AAA commercial release price point, right? <clears throat> 
And in this game, you have um, stuff you want to build up, like you build up this base of operations and you put in soldiers and scientists and researchers and whatever, and you research better guns and better gear and crap like that. Just typical uh, growing type of stuff, right? So you only uh, – so so there is like limited space there or something, and uh, so you have to open up what, what, what the game calls these uh, forward operating bases, which which is like another place where you store stuff and put scientists into and like the more scientists you have the faster the progress goes so you get better stuff by having this forward operating base and doing your research in there and whatever Mm. and one so you only get one uh you get to pay 10 bucks for each additional one if you want it real money um real money real money 10 bucks for each additional one but even with just that one um uh, that thing sits on in like the no man's land uh, outside of your firewall uh, uh, metaphorically, to where if you're uh, if you're not playing, other players can raid your base and <laughs> steal your shit. That ain't right. So uh, so so if you're if you're uh, so if you're somewhere doing stuff and you come back to the game, you could come back to the game and like all your crap is gone, everything that you've been wow. researching, because like part of the gameplay is that another player could come in and steal your crap anytime you you know. That's part of like the gameplay. Yeah. Um, but uh, Konami will gladly gladly sell you insurance, <laughs> which is the part I thought you'd appreciate, uh, at a cost of what boils down to, I think, about 50 cents a day to wow. where you pay for that insurance and you'll be safe from some but not all of your crap being gone when That's you come crazy. back. <laughs> virtual insurance for your virtual crap. I thought you appreciate that. So uh, I'm not sure where that is now because that been that, that the mechanics of that have been changing. But let, last check a couple of days ago, that was what it was. That is genius. <laughs> that's, that's like as good as a business gets. Here's give us money for this totally not real thing. Drone database done. I thought you'd love it. So, oh my goodness, these gamers. We gotta sell stuff to gamers. That's where it's at. <laughs> good luck with that. Well, you know another interesting. It's not exactly pricing, but another business model that was is interesting is like we went to a Jets uh, football game this weekend, and you know I don't know if you've seen ads for it, but all the hotness now is this fan duel. It's uh, all all the um, what is that? The virtual the what is it? it's not virtual fantasy. Well, fantasy yeah, it's kind of like stuff. modified fantasy. Yeah. And there's another one. There's DraftKings or something. DraftKings, right? yeah. yep, that's the other one. So it's like, I mean, these guys have gotten so big in just like a year or two. I mean, their billboards, they're everywhere inside the stadium, sponsoring all kinds of stuff in the stadium. I've seen 58 commercials for them. And yeah, they're blasting just, their ads on every podcast. Yeah, yeah, they're everywhere, and it's such an interesting thing because so for you know 20 years ago or whatever it was or more or 30 years ago, I always wanted to do rotisserie, rotisserie baseball, which was basically like fantasy, but before there was really computers. So you had to just like manually keep track of everybody's stats and there was stat services that would send you printouts of your rotisserie. And <clears throat> I didn't have anybody to play with, so I didn't play. <laughs> no other nine-year-olds wanted to play rotisserie baseball. But uh, so, okay, so that's like was a thing. And then it evolved, you know, by the time we were kind of in college or out of college to you know, just, uh, fantasy. So, was, you know, and you made your team and you go through the whole season of baseball or football or whatever. And, you know, people would, we, you know, you bet on it amongst your friends or whatever, but there was never really this large scale, you know, adoption of it. 
And I just think it's so interesting that just two little changes, you know, changed, have made this multi-billion dollar business in like a year, you know, just with the two changes being that they discovered, well, let's just make it weekly, right? So you don't have to wait for the whole year. It's once a week, okay? I mean, they probably do it daily if they had football games every day. If there was games, (laughs) right, exactly. So, okay, we do it daily now. You know, the gambling kind of mindset can then take over because you have that constant winning and losing thing Mm -hmm. going on, and Mm -hmm. you don't have to build up a team. You don't have to worry about if somebody gets hurt and screws you for the whole season or whatever. It's just, bam. So it eliminates much of the strategy, actually. But, okay, so it simplifies it. And... Uh, and then having this, you know, skirting of the law, it's not like skirting of the law. It's like a loophole where they can do this betting of real money and they can pay out the real money every week. Um, <clears throat> cause it's not actually gambling cause you're not betting on the outcome of, of a game. You're just betting on these fake points or whatever. So, uh, just the, those two little business model tweaks, you know, and that's created this thing that just is exploded and, and huge. And, uh, it's amazing. It's annoying. Because the ads are everywhere. But it's also amazing from a business perspective. I found it fascinating to kind of watch it explode over the last year or so with with just those kind of a couple tweaks. It's a different economy. You heard about this Japanese pachinko machines they have in Japan? No. So um, uh, that's like that's like their gambling thing. Japan is like you're supposed to not, not be able to gamble at all. Mm. Uh, it's like completely illegal to gamble for money, but these pachinko machines, I think they have like little balls inside of them. Mm. So you gamble and you, you win these little balls and then you go to a completely separate business and they will buy the balls from you for money. Okay. <laughs> so you get your, uh, you get your cash that way. Wow. It's like a two step workaround. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Well, that's like, uh, that was the other thing with this, with these like, I did read an article maybe was like six months ago with the FanDuel and similar services is, you know, all these startups now are out there that are basically just building these server farms to analyze the games and to pick the optimal lineups and to pick the optimal opponents. And, you know, so basically you're going to be playing against a computer every time. And so you're very likely to lose because so <laughs> they're going to have this whole optimized thing. And they're, you know, doing tens of thousands of bets across all these games. So, you know, statistically they can hedge it and all kinds of crazy stuff like that. So it's actually really probably not a very smart move for just an individual to attempt to play. But uh, it's all very similar to all those electronics, like one arm bandits and virtual poker and all those things, right? Because those are all just. All those gambling machines are not like real people gambling against you. It's just like algorithms and stuff. Right, right. But so FanDuel portrays it as real people though, right? But even though I'm sure they're aware that there's accounts that are just programmatically, you know, placing all the bets and everything. And mm-hmm. it's, like, uh, it's like online poker, I guess, that way too. You know, where the online poker is, you can be playing against the bot and all that kind of stuff. But Every once in a while, there's some regulation or something happens in the... Yeah, uh, something happens in the ether and everybody jumps on these bandwagons of industries like there was this uh, first they, they had that thing where uh, pharmaceuticals could now run commercials and that exploded now like, a, mm. a bunch of pharmaceutical commercials and then they had that thing in the late 90s early 2000s when you could make calls cheaper or something with a prefix and everybody had a prefix commercial <laughs> that remember that kind of cool. yeah. um, that's right so and, and now this in the last couple of months this fantasy football thing exploded 
So it's believe- always followed up by some FBI investigation. <laughs> <Today. laughs> yeah, I think there is. Yeah. <laughs> I just saw something about that. There is one. So you uh, want to say? Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, no, we're okay. going to talk about the product next week. Next week? All right. I thought you might want to mention it, but all right. So. No, we're going to open the show next week. So stay tuned. That's going to be our opener if there's no more Star Wars trailers. Quanticinsights.com. Because you read it, I've been using the latest version and there's some nice, I've been enjoying uh, the desktop notifications that were added. It's actually been really huge. I find it to be, it makes a huge difference in it. So uh, that's been really cool. But we're not going to talk about it yet. We're going to keep the suspense one more week. All right. In that case, um, I have nothing else. <laughs> let's see what else. Um, I had something else that we've been working on. Oh, well, I can't talk about this till next week either. Because <laughs> I have, uh, we're doing, we're going to try, we're building a new, doing a new benefit for the Userscape employees. Mm-hmm. And bags with dollar signs on them that you have to fight to the death for. <laughs> death match for iPhone 7. Um, Hunger Games, Userscape style. Uh, you know what? I don't want to, I don't want to, Tell, tell everybody else before I tell them, but actually we can talk about it now because this won't be out until after I tell them. So, okay. This will be out tomorrow. I think so. Or after tomorrow at the latest because, yeah, because it has yeah. to be on schedule. So unless you're planning on talking about at lunch with the guys <laughs> that use this cake. All right. We'll talk about that next week too. All right. So I don't have anything. That'll be interesting to talk about though. So we have a – so stu- tune in next week for really interesting <laughs> Yeah, just forget <laughs> you listen to this one. Just like fast forward. Uh, hold on, hold on. I had, a, I had a couple of notes here. Here's one. Here's one other thing, um, which I don't know if businesses do the same. Where we've talked about this a little bit, but part of the cloud stuff we built, like we have this, we have this gigantic app that runs our whole backend store and everything, you know. And one of the things I'm kind of interested about seeing is with QI, since this is kind of like our experimentation zone here, is how much of this can be run without any of this stuff that we use to run Userscape. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. can we just have a Stripe account? And and the product itself does a little bit of what our back office does in a certain sense. So there's it's replacing some, it kind of, we can use it itself to run it. But still, <laughs> uh, you know, there's just so, much, so many things that, that if you try to just use other services to do all the things our back office does, like, in that, in that way, it's like an experiment um, because I always wonder about how much the back office, what we call the back office, which is where all this store logic and everything is like, is this a competitive advantage or is it uh, just a thing that's left over because it's 10 years old and um, so everything's built around it so we keep improving it. But yeah, if we started today, maybe we wouldn't need it. You know, I don't know. It's like, it's the thing I built in like 06 that without any PHP frameworks or anything that's barely hanging on with like loose thread and bubble gum <laughs> that I refuse to touch because A, I don't know what the hell is going on in there anymore. Right. B, I don't really use it except for like occasionally generate a new key for somebody or something. Yeah. Um, and it's just, and then you don't want to bring it down either because like, you know, there's like cron jobs running left and right and center based right. around that database and system being up. So you don't know what the hell is the dependencies are looking at now. <laughs> so yeah, that's the yeah, thing. It's, it's just like, a, 
out of everything for this company, that's the oldest piece that I have. That's the most complicated and the least thing that I pay attention to. <laughs> well, and that's and we're on version three of it. You know, I had a first version that was no frameworks and just random stuff thrown together, and then I rebuilt it on Code Igniter. And then actually, it's kind of the fourth version because then I rebuilt it on Code Igniter again on a newer Code Igniter. And then when we were doing cloud, I was like, well, we gotta. It's going to need to do a bunch of stuff around cloud and kind of be the brain behind cloud and doing it in this old like CI app and a framework that's not even basically supported anymore. It doesn't make a lot of sense from security and just in general perspective. So we rebuilt it on Laravel. And so now it's all modern and nice and wonderful. So that, that part's okay. Uh, and so I think, I think it does bring a lot of value, but. It's it's interesting. It's also interesting how it's all tied up with you know the on-premise business model versus something that's that's you know either SaaS or an app or something like that, where there's kind of other factors at play. But I don't know. It's 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 all these all these systems that you know I know a lot of other companies don't have, and I'm like, well, maybe we shouldn't have them. But then I'm like, but where would we do this stuff if we didn't have the back office? <laughs> like, then you're trying to wire stuff up through you know three third parties, I guess, or whatever. You know, I don't know. Well, I ran the business for the first two years out of a single Excel sheet. Right. <laughs> it seemed to be all right. I yeah. Mean, it was a little, bit, a little bit more manual than it is now. But then if you leave the, the back end that's automated alone for enough years that your processes change, you're going to wind up doing a lot more manual stuff anyway that it's not helping you with anymore. So, I mean, I yeah. don't know. It's nice, it's nice to see the charts once in a while. Right. <laughs> Well, that's where too, as you get like, we have Eric takes care of the back office. So I know it's being, you know, maintained now and everything. When it was just me, it was obviously always the last thing to get any maintenance and was only ever touched if it absolutely had to be because something was broken or, or that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It does all the building logic and everything, which is a big pain and has is a lot of work. That would be something that I would probably want to outsource to like a whatever recurly or something. But then they don't do a lot of those things aren't really good at the on-premise business, you know, pricing models. And also paying them like two percent of every sale is kind of annoying. That's a lot of money over time. Yeah, I don't. I don't like using those. I just use the Stripe and I build the re- re- recurring stuff myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, don't, I mean, when we used to sell just the BlackBerry stuff, and the backend stuff was aware of that. Um, everything was nice and neat, but then as soon as we went into other platforms that didn't care about like certain ways of generating licenses and, and then even more when we went into consulting work that there's a completely different thing and we started getting like physical checks rather than like data feeds of yeah. revenue. But the whole back office is super legacy now for us. It's just, it's not doing anything. I have a link from it to our help spot installation, which is the only way I remember how to get to our help spot installation. <laughs> and that, that's, that's what I use it for. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I don't know. Well, that, that's related to that check thing. Uh, I gotta be, I gotta, I wanna talk. There's so many things I wanna like blog and I just don't ever, ever have any time. But like that's what it, you know, we have all this invoicing logic and uh, accounts receivable and dealing with checks and all that stuff that nobody does nowadays. But I feel like people should do that. I feel like so many more businesses should be doing invoicing and not requiring only a credit card. I feel like everybody just followed 37 signals on that back forever ago and they were like, yeah, we'll just do credit cards. But this, I mean, a lot, of, at least half of our revenue is checks mm-hmm. or, or, or bank transfers. Like, 
know, it's a big thing to give up to not let people pay. I mean, obviously, if you're selling something really inexpensive, then yeah, it doesn't make any sense to take checks. But if you sell to, you know, businesses or you have plans that go into, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, you know, people like checks and the Europeans love their bank transfers. You should totally refresh that purchase order post you did 10 years ago, whatever. I should. Because that was one of your most popular ones, I think. I was thinking about doing some videos. I was like, maybe videos would be simpler if I just like do a video and talk about it for 10 minutes. It is the future, Marty.